1: Oh, got oh, it,
2: got it, got it!
1: 33! Center field, Marsh leaps, and he got it. Is it normally? High fly ball, deep left field. Oh, 27, does it again. for ...this year. Walsh oh. sends it well out to left center field. Way,
2: catch, oh, this is Brandon Marsh from Los Angeles Angels Baseball. you listen to All Angels Podcast.
1: And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Garcia. So as we get ready for the second half of this season, I decided to jump on Instagram Live to take some of your guys' questions. And of course, you can always reach us on our Instagram page at halo underscore haven. Uh... Really like talking to you guys in the DMs. Um, it's fun to go back and forth, talk baseball, talk angels, and all that other stuff. So, again, this is an Instagram live edition of the All Angels podcast. Follow us for the next one, Halo underscore Haven. Um, hopefully we'll do more. Again, I kind of just uh, spur of the moment. This one was a little bit more planned out. I put a reminder out there on Instagram. But most of the time, they kind of spur of the moment. And so always look forward to jumping on and taking questions from everyone there. So I hope you enjoy it and here it is. So we are here on Instagram live starting to take questions as people start people start rolling in. And like I said, this first half definitely hasn't been what a lot of fans expected or even if you were the most skeptical fan coming into the season, you had to start feeling a little bit more Uh, a little more comfortable, a little more confident once um, they started winning. And as questions and all this stuff start rolling in, we will start answering them like this first one. Artie should sell the team. He probably should, but he won't because he holds on to it and he'll make a ton of money. And I think it's obvious from what his past um, activities are is that is – His number one goal is to make money. Remember, this is the same owner that voted against the CBA when the lockout was happening earlier this year. And people say, okay, then you need to boycott. I'm sorry, but I don't think that would work because if you boycott – and let's play this out because I've had this discussion before with people on – on Instagram and our, and our uh, DMs. Again, Halo underscore Haven is our Instagram account. If people start boycotting and not going to the game or not buying merch and all that stuff, the only thing that's really going to happen is not that Artie's going to lose money. It's that Artie will start cutting payroll. So in a way, yes, you can boycott and you cannot give him your, um, give him your hard-earned money, which is your right, but at the same time, you will just start cutting payroll to make his money. So at the end of the day, it's a lose-lose situation. And it sucks to say that as a fan, but I truly believe Angels do have one of the higher payrolls in baseball right now. And most of that is because of Trout and Rendon, and even though uh, Upton is still technically on the books. But they will very easily go down to the mid-level, maybe even lower to mid-level um, if, if that happens happens and people start boycotting. So yes, and and your great ideas, that's like sounds like the best thing to do, but I'm here to tell you that if you start boycotting, the only thing that will happen is that Artie will start cutting back the payroll. Um and that's the biggest thing. I I it sucks to say, but Artie's gonna get his money one way or the other, whether that's from people going through the turnstiles and buying merch or just find out cutting payroll and turning into the next Oakland A's. And it sucks to say that, but I have, I've have complete, I, I mean, that makes the, the most sense to me. I don't think Artie feels guilty or anything, any certain way you invest in these teams, you buy these teams as an investment. And I think that's what exactly what Artie is doing. And unfortunately for angel fans, that's what, um, that's, that's, That's what he's doing. For Angel fans, it sucks. Um, Angel's making any major moves this trade deadline. If the Angels are sellers, it seems like Syndergaard could be gone. Yeah. Um, Trade deadline's coming up. So Depending on when you listen to this, it's probably going to be, I'm trying to think, what, like two weeks away, two and a half weeks away? The only real seller I see or any real selling piece that I see the Angels have is Noah Syndergaard and maybe some of these bullpen pieces that are one-year deals. Um, you would have loved to see Archie Bradley stay healthy. He could have very easily been uh, one of those pieces. If you did not listen to the last podcast I did, or last two podcasts, I should say, one was, is with Jeff Fletcher and one's with Red Bollinger, two guys that follow the team everywhere they go. They're in the locker room. They talk to the guys. They see the team day in and day out. And they said it too. They could trace Noah Syndergaard, but his value as far as what he gets back is going to be a mid to low level prospect. That's it. There's not going to be anyone that's going to help the team right away. There's not anyone that's going to be a guarantee to help the team in the future. It's going to be a mid to low level prospect and it's going to be up to the angels to develop that prospect, whoever it is. And that right now is kind of a, uh, you know, 50, 50 bag. It seems like it seems like some guys are really developing really well. And it seems like some guys have not been able to turn that corner. So hopefully with, Artie's new baseball people in the organization in the minor leagues and hopefully more of those guys come throughout the off season. There is more young talent, um, that, that hap- that develops and is able to contribute to the angels team. The only way Artie leaves is if when he passes. Yeah, exactly. Is when he passes and the Don Sterling of baseball. Yeah. I mean, Don, Don, <laughs> I'm thinking talking about the Clippers, uh, Owner and he was a whole different kind of love. I don't think Artie's like that. Artie's worst crime is that he isn't a baseball fan. Uh, the the ex Clippers owner did a lot worse stuff than that, so I don't think that's a fair uh, comparison. Comparison thoughts on Juan Soto for Otani trade it won't happen. Uh, yeah, just it won't happen. Um, oh, show is out of here, right? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. A lot of people are thinking that a lot of people I can understand why they are thinking that I don't think he gets traded regardless of if it's this season, next season, or, um, the trade deadline next year. I don't think he gets traded for a couple reasons. I don't think you trade that guy away because you're not going to get a, a, a whole bunch back, a rental. He's still a rental. He might be the best rental in the world, but he's still going to be a rental if you trade him away at any point this year. And unlike other sports, you cannot do a sign and trade. So, whatever team he does go to, if they do trade him, there is no guarantee that team is going to re sign him or can re sign him. So, they're not going to give up anything. And when I talked to Red Bollinger on the last podcast, he made a very good point. The Dodgers last year traded for uh, Syndergaard, uh not Syndergaard, uh with the Nationals, Turner and Matt Serger. So, I mean, in essence, you put those two guys together and that's Shohei Ohtani, a frontline pitcher and a very, very good offensive player. Those two guys together got a pitching prospect that is a, maybe he's a starter, maybe he's a bullpen piece and a a pretty good catching prospect, a good catching prospect. So, them two barely got one pretty good prospect and one we're still trying to figure out. So, for Ohtani, that's still the, the same kind of return I think he would get. Maybe two or three guys, but... None of them, maybe one of them, is a guaranteed, like high level prospect. So look at that last year. Look what Max Serger and Trey Turner got last year. You put those two guys together, that's Otani. And those two guys were only able to get two frontline prospects. So I don't think it's weird or unrealistic that if they do trade Otani, he's only going to get a couple things back. He's not going to be this boatload of. Uh, prospects because he is a rental he is only going to be for a short time so that's why i don't see otani getting traded the angels have a better chance of keeping him, making a run with him and if not then you you let him go and you get uh you know a compensation pick if they're still doing that at that time but otani in the trade deadline with one year of a rental doesn't have a huge amount of um value yes he's a great player but Teams nowadays are very, very smart about their prospects, and even if Otani's the best player in baseball, if he's only there for a year or half a year, they're going to be very stingy about what they give up, and I, that's why part of me thinks Otani is going to stay with the Angels, and you you have a good chance then to re-sign him. You know, I think it's 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 a chance to re-sign him. You have a period of time where you exclusively can get a deal done before he hits, you know, the overall free agent market, and you can. Pitch him on things. You can sell him on things. Remember, when Otani came to the Angels, it wasn't like the Angels were knocking down the door on the World Series, like he was the missing key. The Angels were not very good when he got here. And he still picked this team because he had his criteria. Now, has that criteria changed? I don't know. He's not very public about any of this stuff. So we don't know what he wants or doesn't want. And if you're going by what the past is, you know, there's only a handful of teams that he would consider going to. A lot of people want to say New York. A lot of people want to say the Mets or the Yankees. He doesn't like the whole media pressure. And if you don't realize that by now, by the way the Angels, I say they baby him. I say they don't put him out there enough. They don't make him do anything. They don't make him do anything he doesn't want to do. You know, you see the the post-game interviews after O.W. It is very, very rare to have Otani out there talking after the game to the crowd or to Bally Sports West. Even if he has a great... Pitching performance with a home run and all that stuff—it is very rare to get him after that. That's because the Angels are very careful about how they they put him out there towards the media, and I think that's a big part of what he wants going future, going forward, whether it is with the Angels or another team. So I don't know if the New York team is going to be a huge a huge draw for him. And again, if you don't if you haven't read Jeff Fletcher's book uh, Showtime, check it out. And in, in the book, they talk about his recruiting process. He wanted a city where Uh, there was a very good Japanese population and Southern California has that. He wanted to be on the West coast. He wanted, you know, a smaller market. And like I said, I don't know if those are still his criteria, but if it is Anaheim still fits the bill. And if they're willing to pay him big money, then there's not many other places that, 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 that fits. So we'll have to wait and see. Do you see the angels ever making it to the postseason while Artie is owner? I think they can with this third, with this third wild card spot. Anything is possible. You just need guys to stay healthy, and you need young guys to develop. I think that's what really hurt the Angels this year more than anything else. Is just young guys didn't take that step. Brandon March has been great in the off in the outfield. He's been one of the top left fielders defensively in the season, but his offense hasn't taken that next step. Joe has, Adele has struggled to take that next step. Um, Walsh regressed a little bit. Uh, Stassi regressed a little bit. So if those guys were taking the next step, like a lot of people thought, same thing with the bullpen. If the bullpen was what they thought they were, they, commit, they could have made the playoffs. I don't think Artie is necessarily the only reason why the guys aren't making the playoffs. A lot of times, as players, You you when you build a team, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to get this much out of this guy, this much out of that guy. This guy did that much, so he should probably get a little bit more. And all those predictions that I'm sure the front office had coming into the season have not happened. And that really, really hurts the team. And because there is no farm system really to speak about as far as like a top level young prospect, there's you can't really start picking guys out of the farm system and say, hey, give us the spark. Because guess what? They're not really developed yet. And that's the hard part. Fletcher update. I talked to uh, Rhett Bollinger on the last podcast. He gave me a Flet- he gave a Fletcher update. Definitely check it out. But the quick answer is, Definitely after all-star break, we're just trying to figure out when he's going to be with the Salt Lake Bees for a little bit while, but we go a little bit more in depth in the last podcast with Rhett Bollinger. I suggest definitely check that out. Could our first round pick, sorry, I forgot uh, his name, be the shortstop, be up anytime soon? I don't think so. I don't just because, um, you know, the Angels did do a good job, I think, of the draft. They mixed and matched. They didn't go all, all pitchers again. They didn't go 19 pitchers um they went pitcher heavy which i think every everyone does and i think there might be a couple of guys that will pop up and again these drafts are very hard to judge off the bat out of the first round i guarantee you probably half of those guys will not make it to the mlb and that's just the way the draft works and those are first round talent guys some guys just gonna can't get past that hump of double a some guys just aren't you know what people thought and the draft in baseball I think more so than any other draft is really, really hard to predict and even harder to like judge right after. But um, we'll see what happens with the draft. Uh, you know, for what I've heard, it's a good draft. Okay. Draft. They got some bats. They got some pitching. But like I said before, if you would have said chase seal, Seth would have been the first um, draftee out of, I believe, what was it? The, the, the 2021 draft to make an appearance. I would never have guessed that there's going to be, a sixth, seventh, tenth round guy in baseballs at some point in this last round that, uh, this last draft that no one heard about that's going to make an MLB debut in a couple years that no one's heard about and, and kill it and you just hope it's on the Angels. But the draft is so hard to predict. I just you know it. You hope that guys pan out, but you know they drafted nineteen guys and I said this before they drafted nineteen guys in this draft. If four of them become major league ball players, that's a good draft. And obviously, that means the numbers aren't for the rest. But in reality, out of the 19 they drafted, a lot, a lot of those guys will never make it to the majors. They might do well in in Double A AA and Triple A, and maybe they're the kind of bouncing back and forth guys. But it's hard, man. It's hard, and, and that's why baseball, I think, is one of the harder sports. And and definitely, I think post draft rating, like a draft, is probably harder than any other sport because there's just. You have a combination of high school guys that you just don't know what they're gonna be because they played high school. You have college guys who played maybe lesser talent in college and smaller colleges, you just don't know who they be. So you're predicting on all all the physical tools you can see, but you just don't know their competitive spark. You can all everyone can say the right thing. And I'm sure everyone in the 20 rounds that got drafted said the right things that made their fan base just jump up and say, Yeah, he's our guy. But not until you see it on the field or see them do it, do I really take a whole lot of stock in it. And that's just how I feel about drafts is that most of these guys aren't going to work out. It's just the way the numbers work. And so to come out here two days after the draft has finished and say, yeah, the Angels nailed this pick, nailed this pick, and this pick is going to be a a future all-star. I think it's way too early to see. And honestly, even when they're in low A with the 66ers, it's gonna be really early to see. But you do hope to see some of those guys out soon, get deals done, so you can start seeing them in the minor league system. And I think when you ask about will this guy make it to the majors this year, I think it's gonna depend a lot on where these guys start. So I would definitely keep a lookout for that as guys sign. I would um, I, I would pay attention to where certain guys are placed in the organization. Uh, let's see, Otani has has marketability though. They'll get a little more. I don't I I honestly don't think that really matters that much when it's only gonna be for a half a season. If Otani doesn't get traded at the deadline, what contract would you give him? I've always said contract wise with Otani, he's gonna want a, a, a big contract. The AAV is gonna be crazy, which it should. But for the Angels to be smart, and I think this is where I get worried with the Angels and the Otani. Uh, contract. And remember this, I think this is very important too, to remember if it was all about the money for Otani, he could have waited two more years and then came over and then would have been a full on, um, get paid as like a full free agent because he came over so early The rule stated that he had to be treated like a minor league player, which meant you have six years of control. He's making the minimum. He has to go through arbitration. But if Otani would have waited two or three more years, he could have been making this big contract already. So in my eyes, I'm guessing the competition aspect is probably a little more important to Otani. So with that being said, I think he's going to get a big AAV. I do. I think it's going to be in the 35-ish a year. But, I hope the angels don't go more than five years. And I say that because, and I said it before on this podcast, the worst thing that can happen for the angels right now, when it comes to Watani and giving him an extension is that you give him a 10, 12 year extension, huge money for being a two way player. And then after three or four years, physically he can't do it anymore. So now you're paying him to be a great pitcher and and hitter. And now he's only a pitcher or now he's only a hitter that will hurt the angels more than anything. So I think if you give him a five-year deal with that high value, you you put up a high value. I think that's the key. You gotta give him like 35, 37 million a year, but maybe five or six years, I think that's the way to go. It covers the angel's ass a little bit. Because, like I mentioned, the worst thing in the world, you pay him 10 years, and then after three, he's just a pitcher. And now you're you're spending, you know, almost 40 million a year for a Granny would be a good pitcher, but I don't think any pitcher is worth that much money. So that's the hard part when it comes to Watani and the contract. But I just hope the Angels do not um, go overboard and give him a huge, long extension. Because I think that's going to be in the realm of the last couple of contracts the Angels gave that are very long. At the end of it, you're just hoping to get through it and get over it. Because, again, worst thing in the world is to have Watani for 12 years and then for three of those years he's Otani MVP doing both things because remember we've never seen this from Otani, we don't or from anybody so we don't even know how long it's going to last we hope it lasts for as long as you on the Angels and if that means 10 years 10 years but realistically physically we have no idea how long this is going to last it could be three years four years eight years we don't know and for the Angels to put themselves in a situation where they're giving him a contract for to do it for 10 years I think would be really really silly uh will the Angels bring up Ben Joyce this season I don't see a reason why. I really don't. I don't see a reason why. Um, again, it depends on where they put him. Let's put him in A, where some really, really good talent, some of the top drafted talent from last year and probably this year are going to be. and see how he does with the Trash Pandas. And if he does great and he can come up, then yeah. But I wouldn't say it's a guarantee or a proven thing that he's, that Ben Joyce, the Tennessee pitcher that, that touched uh, 105, will be up with the Angels this year. I just do not see... The reasoning Um, is Mike Trout a soft player slash injury prone. I think he's just getting older. I mean, he's over 30 and kind of like with Otani, you don't know when the end is with Mike Trout. You hope that it's a while because he's been so good for so long. You just figure that his uh, digression is going to be slow, but it could be quick. And that's the scary part. You just don't know what these players are going to do. Once they hit the 31, 32, 33 mark, everybody's different everyone's body reacts differently to older age. So I wouldn't call him a soft player. I would call him getting an older player. And, you know, there are some things, and I think you can tell this year, Mike Trout, I think, has stolen one base, maybe one base. And I think that has a lot to do with the body and him being older. He's not 25 anymore. He's never going to be that 25, 26, 27-year-old Mike Trout that, you know, was hands down the best player in baseball. He's not that anymore. He's still a very, very, very good player. But if you're going to try to compare this Trout to 27 year old Trout or 28 year old Trout, I think you're barking up the wrong tree. I don't know if he's injury prone. I don't. You know, it's hard to tell. But I do think he's an older player, and I guess every older player is at some point um, at some point is a little bit more injury prone. Uh, but didn't he say he wanted to be on a winning team? Everybody says, and this is what I said with Jeff Fletcher too, and he brought that up. Everybody says they want to be on a winning team, but not everyone signs with winning teams. Chris Bryant, I want to be on a winning team. Oh look, I'm I'm in Colorado. Um, you know, these other teams get free agents all the time because they pay a lot of money, and yet they're still middle of the road. So. Yes, he said he wanted to be on a winning team. I take that with a very, very big grain of salt because everybody says that, but yet free agents sign everywhere, even bad teams, even the Texas Rangers. So I don't think, quote unquote, a winning team is a huge, like I don't, that's just to me just, uh, press conference talk. Everyone says it. No one says, do you know what? I'm going to go with the guy that gives us, gives us the team that gives us the most money. No one says that because it's, it's a bad look. No one would be cool with that. So yes, he did say, I want to be on a winning team, but I would not really take too much of that. Do you think our farm system will develop these draftees? Will or they be bust Again, will they develop these draftees? I'm sure they'll develop some of them, but I don't think it matters who, what farm system you're in. The numbers show that a vast majority of these guys won't make it. Very good organizations can take 20 picks and probably get five guys every year to be top prospects. Five. You think about that. Over, If you get five guys every draft to be serious prospects, you have 15 top prospects over three years. Now, I think an average team can get two or three, and I think, if, again, if Angels can get two or three guys out of this draft pick to be serious dudes, that And you do that every single year, you will rebuild the system. I don't think you need a hit on every single one of them. It's unrealistic to hit every single one of them. So, you know, the best development farm system isn't going to hit 20 for 20 on, on developing draftees. It's just not going to happen. Uh, it used to be uh, lack of pitching was the only problem. Now we have no shortstop, no catcher, and no solid corner outfielder. Again, um, pitching is still, I think, an issue. Um, you. You know, you still have to see Detmers take that next step. Sandoval's getting better. Um, Otani's going to – definitely looks the part. You just don't know how long the Otani thing is going to last. Um, solid corner outfielders, I, I tend to agree. I think, again, like I said, Brandon Marsh is great defensively, but both Joe and him have struggled offensively. And for those guys, are super young. They're in their early 20s. So um, I think it's early to like kind of close the book on those guys. This time next year, they could take the the next step and be really solid corner outfielders. No shortstop, I think it's a that's an issue, and maybe with David Fletcher coming back, they they solve that. Or maybe um, I don't think they go to the free agent market to do anything with the shortstop because again, if you really are going to take a serious swing at Otani, you need all the money you can get. So there is spots that the team needs to develop, but I think that was the issue coming into the season and it. it just didn't happen right now. So uh, again, and that's where the that's where the the farm system comes in. That's where the minor leagues come in. It's how you develop your own players. The way the Angels have been doing it for the last handful of years: sign a free agent, sign the free agent. Why aren't we signing anybody? Is the complete wrong way to do it. Free agents should be the the ones that fill in the little cracks, not the ones that you expect to fill in the big ass gaps. Those should be your young, controllable, cheap players. And then the free agents, the kind of cherry on top and the angels have been doing it completely backwards. They've been trying to sign free agents and trying to sign guys to put band-aids over the situation, whether it be pool Hamilton, um, CJ Wilson was okay, but you know, they're trying to sign these big guys and yet there's nothing, there's no substance behind them. There's no depth behind them. And now hopefully the angels are starting to realize that they take a step back as far as signing big free agents and let their young guys develop, because that's how you win. It's not how many free agents you sign. And I think the Angels have been doing it backwards um, for a while. What do you think about Perry I Menazian? I think Perry's doing a good job right now for what he's done. I don't think it's I don't think he's on the hot seat. I think he's gonna get a shot with the manager of his choosing. He's gonna get a shot with coaches of his choosing. He's going to put more baseball people in the minor leagues to help develop players. I still think we're about 2 years away, 3 years away before we can really judge what Perry's done. I mean, he's this is only his second draft class and I think a GM has to hire the right scouts for him and his team and and for this to only be the second draft of him at uh, of him running the show, I think is very very early. Um, what do you think about drafting college players? I think it hurts our ability to trade prospects because they mostly want uh, those uh, age. Um, college guys compared to high school guys are two very different things. High school guys are very bang or bust, very bang or bust. I think your top guys, because they're so athletic, are high school draftees. But if you're looking for guys to, to fill in gaps now, and maybe they're not 3 four-time All-Stars, but they're legit major league starters, then I think you go college route because they played against tougher uh, opponents than high school guys. They're already more savvy about the travel and all that stuff, and, and they can get to the majors faster. So for the where the Angels are right now, where they don't have a lot of guys like that ready to step up in the next year or two, drafting college guys I think is the very smart move. And yes, you can sprinkle in high school guys once you start forming a good depth in your organization, but you can't draft high school guys with no organizational depth and have to wait on them for you know five years. A lot of these high school guys, again, are 18 years old. So in five years, they're going to be 23. They're still going to be super young, but you can't wait if your team has Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on it. You need guys that are going to be 23, 24, and by 26 can contribute in some factor. Again, Maybe not like the three, four, five-time all-star that you want, but a guy that can start every day and be contributors to a winning team, I think, is what you get when you get mostly college guys. The high a team is fun to watch up here in Washington. Love when they get called up. Yeah. Again, minor league teams are fun to watch. And that's, you know, this draft is this weekend. Guarantee you by like in two weeks, people probably won't remember who got, who got drafted first or who got drafted third. So get out to the minor league park and, and, and watch some of these guys develop. Um, we talking Ben Joyce, I feel like he might see him next year. Next year, I can see him definitely next year. I can see him next year for sure. Um, I just don't see a reason for him this year. Um, you're going to have a lot of guys leave that bullpen next year. You're going to have, you know, uh, Archie Bradley probably be gone. Um, I think to pair signed a one-year deal. I can't remember which one of those guys signed a one-year deal, but they're going to be gone. You know, you're going to have, like every year, you're going to have a lot of turnover in the bullpen. I can see Ben Joyce definitely competing for a spot next next year in the bullpen. I just hope, I just don't think there's a reason to give in that now um, for sure because I think it's going to be one of those things where um, there's no reason to. There's no reason to let him get used to it. And I think that's something the Angels have done very badly. And I think about with Joe and some of the guys last year, there was kind of no reason to bring these guys up so fast. There wasn't. There, you, you know, you're not necessarily on a winning track. Let these guys develop because development is a lot slower in the majors than in double A. Again, double A is where your top prospects go, and you're still being taught. When you're in the majors, you're getting kind of tweaked a little bit here, a little bit there, but you should have a v- solid base by the time you get to the majors. And I think by them rushing them up to the majors is. Um, hurt the development of some of the guys and like Joe Adele, maybe Brandon Marsh and some of the younger pitchers that just haven't seen to be able to get over that hump. And you're wondering if they spend another half a season in double a AA or triple a probably double a, what would they be right now? And I, I, I think that for a lot of the younger pitchers, so I'm going to scroll down. If I miss some of your questions, just go ahead and please um, put them back in there. The organization needs to do something big to get back on the good side of the fans. And I think you're right. That makes complete sense. They need to do something big. But the, th- the question is, not only big, but smart. Because they've done big and stupid, and that doesn't work either. And honestly, the biggest way you get fans back is win the games. If you don't do anything big but you win games, you get fans. That's just the way it works. Fans love winning, and they don't care if it comes with a big move or a small move. This organization needs more depth, and we're seeing it now. So... I'm sorry to say it, Angel fans, and I'm one of them, and I still watch the game. I didn't even honestly, I didn't even watch the full All-Star game because I'm like, what's this game even matter? Otani's out, I don't even care. Um, but this team needs to build depth, and I do not think it happens overnight. And I'm sorry, but they might take a step next year, but it's still gonna be two or three years away before you can say this team is hands down a playoff team. And they've shown a lot of um warts this season on the offenses on offensive side. Uh, How much longer do you give ward? I, or how long do we have? How much longer do we have ward? I think we have Ward for like another three or four years. Remember last year was his really first full year of like playing every year after, before that was like a spot here and there. So they still probably have another, I don't even know if he's in arbitration to tell you the truth. So that leads at least means three or four years. Um, Adrian, uh, placentia or Jeremiah Jackson, shortstop future infield or signing big, Shortstop, I don't want him to sign a big shortstop. I said that before, Or second base, because you need the money for Otani. Now, if you know Otani's not coming, then okay, maybe. But I think you have to hold out till then. Um, Adrian is in at Alien Empire. He's only 19 years old, and Jeremiah Jackson is 23 in AA. So if you're looking for who's going to be the shortstop that has the first opportunity to be um, in the majors, it's obviously going to be Jeremiah Jackson. He has to cut down on the strikeout rate. We talk so much about why the Angels strike out so much or how they're going to strike out so much. You have to kind of nip that in the butt in the in the, in the minors because it's hard to, for guys that strike out a lot in the minors to all of a sudden come up to the majors with what they're throwing and be like, oh, I figured it out. I'm not going to strike out anymore. No, you need to get that solved in the minors, and I think that's Jackson's biggest flaw right now is he does strike out way too much. But if you're picking between those two guys, um, Jeremiah Jackson, obviously is going to be the first one up because he's in double a, he's already two steps ahead of Adrian. So I think that's probably the the guy sooner rather than later. If he's the future, I don't know. He's going to get the first chance though. Are we in sale mode? I, I think so. I believe so. I, they should be. Who do you think will be our manager next year? I don't really matter. I, to me, it doesn't matter. And I talked to Jeff Fletcher again, go back and listen to that podcast. He doesn't think it really matters. Either. The manager only does so little. The managers may be worth like three or four wins a, a season. Um, so for me, my biggest thing is that Perry needs to get his guy. I don't even care if that's a peanut guy. If, if Perry can find a guy that shares the same vision as him and they can be on the same page where it seems like him and Madden were not, then I think that needs to, that is a big red flag. But if they're on the same page, that can be the guy that should be the guy. Um, it was great here having, we were throughout the first pitch, any chance of him retiring as an angel nah, I don't care. Uh, Showy you, show you for twenty wins. I don't think he's going to get twenty wins just because I don't think there's enough games left for him to win twenty games. And remember, he doesn't pitch; he pitches every six days. So I just think there's not enough opportunity. I think the Angels either just need to uh, a f- to full reset or actually sign players who will help us out. That's the thing. How do you sign players? How do you predict players that will help us out? We thought that all these bullpen arms were going to help the Angels bullpen out, and they most of them are not. That's the hard part. Yes, you want to sign players that are going to help you out, but we with the free agency, there's two red flags when when guys go to free agency. Most of the time is, is, is one. Why isn't the team that knows him so much, not re-signing him. There's something up with him, right? Why is the team that he spent the last six years with not paying that much money? And two, when players are free agents, you, you had no control over how much he was used or not used the past six years. So you don't know how close he is until the end. You just don't know. So signing guys in free agency isn't the answer. And again, you need to have a good foundation underneath them. You cannot depend on signing free agents every year and make a splash. The Angels have been trying to do that, and it has not worked. What's behind Brandon Marsh struggles at the plate? I think he's just young. I think he just needs to um, – you can't take him out of the lineup because his defense is so damn good, and he's saving runs that way. But I think he's young. He's He, he was always – his defense was always ahead of his bat throughout the minor leagues, always. But his defense was always so good. I mean it's like one of those things where at double A he was already a major league caliber outfielder defensively. Now it is taking him a little bit to um progress at the bat. But you know, maybe it's something the offseason he looks at and, and works on and comes back next year. Again, he is super young. He, it, Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele, they are both super young. There's no reason for fans to freak out and throw in the towel about these guys. These guys are all early twenties. If they figure it out at twenty five, that's great. That's in like in two years. So, I'm not worried about Marsh. I'm not worried about Joe. These guys are super young. How do you feel about the Angels' first pick knowing uh, shortstop second is the only position they actually have depth? I don't even know if they have depth. I mean, you have names, but you don't know if you have depth until you're in, you know, double A or play well in double A. And I don't know if you can say they have depth. Uh, whatever happened to Jordan Adams? Haven't heard anything from that on that guy. He had Jordan Adams had a really bad year last year. He had struggled a lot last year. He is now with Double um, A uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas again, and this is a Double A is a very good uh, level to judge prospects on. So go to Double A, look at the roster, look at what those guys are doing, and you will know that these are the top of the top. There's been so many good prospects that gets Double A, but this can't break Double A because the prospect, the talent, takes the next step. Um, so we'll see how he's doing again. uh, Jordan Adams is another guy that was a high school guy, super athletic freak when it came to athleticism, just you figured everything else was super raw, but because he was such a good athlete, you can mold him and do things. And that was about three years ago. So that's the thing about high school players. They take a while to develop. They're never going to be, you know, I'm not gonna say never very rare that these guys are going to be the Sotos and Acuna's and trout and Julio Rodriguez, where these guys are 21 and younger blowing up. Like one out of every, you know, 100 draft uh, high school draftees are these guys. It's very, very rare. The Angels look like they were having so much fun back in March and May. What happened? They start losing. I I mean, the biggest thing is, hey, you have fun when you win. You ever been part of a team in high school and Pop Warner and college? It's fun to win. I mean, duh. Uh, What else do you think? uh, Do you think guys who struggle this first half come with a hot bat coming back? You hope so. You hope so. Again, Jared Walsh looks like he has no confidence at the plate right now. Yeah, again, Jared Walsh, Max Stassi, those guys have really taken a step back from last year. You hoped, You were hoping for them to take a step forward, but they have really, really struggled at the plate so far this year. Agree with you with strikeouts, but if you are the GM, would you fire the pitching coaches from the majors and minors? I don't know because, again, the, the, the And I talked with Jeff Fletcher, these guys, especially in the majors, maybe the, the minors seem to be doing fine, but you cannot sit here and expect to draft guys who strike out a lot in general, draft them, and expect them to have a full 180. Sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. If a dude strikes out a lot, he strikes out a lot. And maybe you make it a little bit better, but I doubt you can make it a full 180. As far as it comes to the major league coaches, the major league hitting coaches and pitching coaches, and Jeff Fletcher, I think, said it the best, these adults... These grown men who are on the major league roster are not going to leave their career up to these coaches. They have their own private coaches. They have their own private people who focus solely on them. They will probably listen to them before they listen to these angels coaches. They're there for tips and stuff like that. But when you're talking about wholesale changes as far as um, technique or mechanics, they go to their own guys. They all have their own guys now. They all go to driveline. I remember, like Driveline was the biggest thing, and then I remember this offseason, the Angels hired a guy from Driveline to come over and be part of the pitching pitching coach, not pitching coach, but he was part of like the consultant staff guy in the pitching part of this of the um, team, and everyone loved it, like because Driveline is the best thing ever, and Driveline make everyone so much better, and it sometimes it just comes down to the players, plain and simple. It comes down to the players. Um, would you? Uh, how do you not care if? You're an Angels fan. Do you rather hire them hire someone who, with no experience, I'd rather have them hire the right guy. And I don't know if that. I'm a realistic Angels fan. I don't know what makes a good manager. I can only go by what people who have been around the game for years and years tell me. And when Jeff Fletcher, who has followed the Angels, who has followed baseball for years, tells me that hey, the managerial job doesn't make that big of a difference, I'm intended to believe him. That's just who I am. So. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, they need to hire this guy because I don't know who that guy is. And no one here following this channel, sorry, knows who the next manager is or who should be the next manager. I don't know. So if you want me to blow smoke up your ass, I can do that, too. But that doesn't make me a better Angel fan. Um, watch us pull off a 20-game win streak. Hey, if the Angels pull off a 20-game win streak, they're going to be right back in the playoffs, uh, playoff hunt, uh, win the wild card spot jeremy reed needs to be replaced the approach at the plates is off but again i won't know how much how much is that approach at the plate jeremy reed or how much of it is just like mike trout jeremy reed can't teach mike trout how to play baseball how to swing jeremy reed what can jeremy reed teach Shohei otani at this point uh you know what can jeremy reed teach some of these older guys how to play baseball like these guys are all kind of set in their ways by now and yes, you would hope that they take step forward. Jared Walsh took a huge step forward last year. Now, was that because Jared Walsh or was that because of Jeremy Reed? And it's because is it because Jared Walsh? is it because of Jared Walsh or Jeremy Reed this year that he took a step back? who gets who gets the credit when it goes great, and who gets the blame when it doesn't? It seems like the player gets the credit. He did all the hard work. he did all the work when it goes good, and the coaches get all the blame after the fact, when it goes bad. But yet I'm sure. When you look at when it was going good, I'm sure it was 50-50 or maybe more so the players were on the than the coaches. But at the same time, that means you can't flip it around and say 80% of the failure is because of the coach. Some of it has to go on the player too. Um, Adele is such a cool guy. Nice to meet him in Vegas last week. I mean, there are. I mean, there were top 10 in up the middle. I mean, there were top 10 up in the middle. Okay, I don't know what that means. But um, Matt Wise is so bad. Like, goddamn, I don't see, again, Matt Wise, why is he bad? He has built up, you know, um, Detmers. He's taking the next step. Sandoval has been really good. And if that's not Matt Wise's deal, then I don't know what it is. Um, And, again, too, Matt Wise. And this is what I find very interesting, too, is that when players come up and are drafted and put up in the majors, people give them time to develop and get better as time goes with coaches. It's not like that. And I'm not saying that Matt Weiss is the best pitching coach out there. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm not even saying that he he should save his job. What I'm saying is that it's not as easy as dropping Matt Weiss and picking up whatever, pitching coach you want and then all of a sudden oh shit the angels have four aces on the squad it's not that easy it's not it doesn't, it doesn't happen that way you still need players and the players stay the same and the coaches change yeah they might be a little bit different but you're not going to turn you know a f- fifth guy in the rotation into an all of a sudden shutdown ace by a coach maybe the player in his head something clicks and he's able to develop and mature and now he does that but coaches only have such a small percentage of what makes a player good or bad that I think people think we get Matt, we get Matt Weiss out there and Jeremy Reed out there. We bring in two new guys and guess what? We're going to have the top offense in the league and the top ERA in the league. It's like, no, sometimes you still need guys. You still need dudes. No matter who your coaches are, you still need dudes. Will the coaches see the batters in a different perspective and angels. Well, the coaches see the batters in a different perspective and the angels. Um, do you see value in resigning Thor? The only value I see if it's cheap and I don't think he will be. I think again, he came out here for he Thor came out to Anaheim not to be an angel. He came out to Anaheim to re- reestablish his value. And I think that's what Thor really came out to Anaheim. Yeah, he's enjoying his time out here. Why wouldn't you? Southern California up on the beach. Nice places to go eat. You know, nice sunsets. He's enjoying his time out here. I'm not down doubting that at all. But to re-sign him, it has to be cheap. It has to be cheap. I don't think he, I don't think he's going to be with the Angels next year. I don't. I think he's going to price himself out of it. Do you see uh, Velasquez getting another shot on this team and step up with his bat? I don't think so. I think Renhifo is doing too good of a job to take him out. And when Fletcher gets back, obviously you're going to give him a lot of at-bats. What you're saying is that teams like the Astros are – are just lucky hit on these guys like Velasquez Peña they're not lucky they have good development system i'm saying that they have whatever their scouting you know whatever their scouting sees is working um but are these guys good if the angels got um Velasquez when he was uh, a, a young kid and the, the minors, and he came through the Angels. Was he going to be the same guy? I don't know. He probably would have been very close to it, but it's going to be very. It, it's the Angels need to get depth. Astros don't miss, and they develop very well. But that's not because of their major league coaches. It's because of their minor league um, trainers. It's because of their minor league. They invest in their minor leagues and and their player development. And Perry's starting to do that, and you hope that he's taking the next step in doing that every year. But the reason why the Astros are always so good is because they have these guys in the minor leagues that are, they get developed and they are able to perform right away and they don't rush guys. I think that's the biggest thing too. They don't rush guys. you never hear about a, uh, a Astro or a Dodger or any of these guys with great farm systems That's like, you know what? He's probably here a year too early. You never hear that. If anything, you're, they say, oh, man, he should have probably have been here last year. So, you know, I think the angels really need to build up that farm system. Do you think we see Ty Buttree this year? I don't, I don't. I mean, if you haven't seen them by now, I don't know what the events would have to be for him to be on. He's not even on the 40-man roster anymore. You would think if you were going to see him with all the injuries and people kind of coming up and down, you would have saw him already, and I, I don't think you will this year. Um, let's see. Do you see Stefanik, Renhefel, Fletch, and Walsh in the infield this coming up? Yes, I do see that um i honestly wouldn't mind rejifo at short fletch at third stefanic at second and obviously walsh at first fletcher has shown that he could play a very good third base he did last year when uh rendon was out so i do not mind seeing Fletcher at third base at all Renhefo at short Stefanik at second uh we need a trade taylor ward adele marsh and trout needs to be the alpha we need a uh, we need to trade Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward doesn't have a huge amount of value and he's still super cheap. So, I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, too many fans want guys like Julio Rodriguez at 21 to come in and rake. Just not going to ha- happen that often. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, and and too, you look at a lot of these guys that are coming up at 21, 22 years old, a lot of them are international signings. And that's no coincidence because these guys are invested very early in their development. They're getting signed like at 16, 17 years old, out of the Dominican or Venezuela or, um, you know, all those land countries. And the teams have them, and they're able to mold them to what they want. So by the time they come up at twenty-one, they have been in, in a professional setting for about like three, four years. And the American counterpart, when they get drafted at eighteen or nineteen, you know. By the time they're 22, they're, they have that much experience into them. So, you know, a lot of it too. You have to go international signings, and that's a huge thing that already threw out or not. throughout, he got rid of a lot of international scouts during the pandemic because he didn't want to pay them. And That was huge, and so now Angels are playing catch up, um, playing catch up with everyone else. And you see how much you how much good you can do by looking and investing in young players like that. Do you think? Uh, do you think when Griffin? Canning is finally healthy. He'll be able uh, to be another impact to the pitch rotation. It's honestly with with guys like Canning, and I hate to say it with R- Chris Rodriguez, for them to make an impact in the rotation, I first need to see him go like two full seasons healthy before I can say that. Now, if you want to say out of the bullpen, I can like yeah, I can see that. Especially Rodriguez. His stuff plays well for being a back-end closer, a back-end guy, or maybe even a closer. But for guys like Canning and Rodriguez, I need to see that happen for a couple years. Before I'm able to say, yeah, they're going to make a huge impact because whenever they do come back, I'm pretty sure they are going to be on a pitch count, inning count, and you're just not going to be able to get a full vibe of them the first probably first couple years when they do come back. Uh, Taylor Ward was drafted as a third baseman and a catcher. Uh, I would put Ward at third and have Marsha Dell and Trout. No, Ward is a very but he was not drafted as a third baseman. He was drafted as a catcher. He never played third base until he got to the majors, and when he couldn't catch defensively. He was a liability. They tried him at third. It didn't work at third. It did not. You look at all the defensive ratings. You talk to all the defensive um, numbers and talk to people who watched that process happen. None of them said Ward is a good third baseman. Uh, I don't even know if he's an average third baseman. Ward, if he's going to play, he's going to be he's going to be an outfielder. That's just how it is. Uh, Do you think? What do you think of analytics and sabermetrics managing? I hate it. It's part of the world now. I think you have to be smart about it. You cannot go fully into it and dive into it. Um, but it has to be part of your everyday plan because everyone else is doing it. And if you just shut it out completely, you're, you're behind, but there is a good balance. I think of managing it with it and without it, the good front office, the good managers, the good coaches are able to balance. it, And it's very hard to balance it and find guys that can do it without being, um, without being overly done. Uh, Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, Sam Bachman, Jordan Adams, and Griffin Canning for Juan Soto. Uh, I mean, you're still getting up a lot of depth, a lot of depth. And for a farm system that, you know, if it's that package, I'm sure there's another team out there that has a better package. I don't see Juan Soto come to the Angels. I know a lot of people miss say that, but he's not going to come here. Uh, I would like to see guys like Canning, Bachman, Rodriguez, Suarez, etc. in the bullpen first, just like the Rays did with McCallaghan and these young uh, guys when they were young. Yeah, you know – there's ways to get guys experience in the majors. There are ways. And it seems like a lot of teams do it by the bullpen. Their first real taste of major league baseball seems to be out of the bullpen. And um, I'm, I'm all for that. Like I said, canning uh, Rodriguez, they need to be in the bullpen. And then maybe you can stretch them out as a starter, but you need to see it first. What's a realistic trade target on the MLB roster for the angels to trade away. It would, the only one that's really realistic is Thor. And even then, like I mentioned before, you maybe get a middle to low prospect in return for him just because he's a rental and pitching staffs are going to want him to pitch every fifth day like a regular five-man rotation. And he hasn't been, so there's no proof that he can. And if he does, it houses aren't going to be by the time the playoffs roll around. So uh, Syndergaard might be the only target. Lorenzen, maybe. You got to see how he acts when he comes. Lorenzen's on the I.L., So if he stays on the IL, he's not a target for anybody. Who wants damaged goods? It's going to be really interesting to see if Lorenzen gets back what he does on the mound because he was not performing well before he went on the IL. It would have been a whole different story if Lorenzen was absolutely killing it in his last three starts. He was lights out, and then he goes on the IL. Then maybe you can draw up some interest that way. You can say, hey, he's back. He's fully healthy, but look what he did before. He he wasn't doing that. He was on the complete end of it. So I don't think Lorenzen has really any kind of – value unless he comes back and all of a sudden he blows up what player you think will shock the world if the angels were able to get via trade what player would i mean anytime if the otani again i don't think otani will be traded but if otani gets traded away that alone will be um a huge deal regardless of what they get in return but as far as Maybe the Angels getting somebody. Again, and this is realistic too. The Angels don't have a good farm system to, to shop from. If you are the Cincinnati Reds and you have your your two main pitchers, you're not waiting around for the Angels to call you with a trade proposal. You're waiting for the Dodgers or you're waiting for um, another good team. The Mariners have a really good farm system too. You're waiting for those teams to call you first so you can get a pick out of their, their top players. You're not waiting for the Angels to call you so you can get the – you know, uh, 83rd top prospect in MLB. Like you're not doing that. Uh, do you think Joe Adele will be, uh, will be out every day? Right. Fielder next year will be our right. Uh, I don't know. I think honestly, he's going to come down to the, this half. And if Taylor Ward, again, Taylor Ward, you know, once arbitration comes around for him, he's a very easy guy that if he, if he, if the first half was a fluke, and just a hot streak for Taylor Ward. He's not able to put it together again. He can be a very easy guy where he just non-tender. He would be too expensive at that point. Or he's so cheap right now, before he gets arbitration, you can sit him on the bench and you're not losing anything. What three players need to improve or become an X factor for the Angels to turn it around? Top, Ooh, that's a good question. Three players that need to turn it around. Um, Walsh, Joe, and out of the players that are active right now, you would think it would have to be – uh, another arm in the in the in the rotation to be a solid guy, and I would say Lorenzen. Lorenzen needs to be shut down guy, and I think those will be three guys. Those three guys, um, Joe Walsh and and uh, Lorenzo on uh, rotation, turn it around and become really good guys. In the second half, they will have a shot definitely. Next year's rotation, in my opinion, would be Otani, Detmers, Bachman, Ben Joyce. That's only four guys. I don't think. I think Ben Joyce is going to be a reliever. I'm, I I don't see Ben Joyce being a a, a starter Bachman eventually. I don't see him starting next year. He missed way too much time this year to be stretched out to be a starter. I don't see I, eventually. I see Bachman as a starter, not next year though. Um, we'll see if what happens next year. And I think obviously you see some of the guys that come have come up and down. Suarez is still going to be in the mix next year for the starting pitcher. You see, um, you see. Uh, uh, Chase Sealseth being in the mix for a starter. You know, there's going to be a couple guys too. Kai Bush is going to be in the mix for a starter in position, I think, next year. He's done really, really good for the Trash City, pa- uh, Trash City or Rocket City Trash Pandas. Sandoval, um, you know, again, I think Joyce, he plays better as a bullpen arm. Bachman, I'm still on. So on the on the on the line about just because he, I haven't seen a full season with him, he missed a lot of time this year, um, and maybe he can be, but I definitely think Joyce plays better as a guy out of the bullpen. And then um, let's see, he says oh, Otani, Sandoval, Detmer, Silseth, Kai Bush. And again, I think you know Suarez is going to be in the mix. He's still really young, and he had a really good year last year. I think surprised a lot of people. He hasn't had that this year. And you don't know which one it is. Maybe next year is his last chance. But he's young and he's cheap. And if he's your fifth or sixth guy, he's a good fifth or sixth guy. Do I think Suarez, do I think this team is winning next year? If it has to be like your third best pitcher? No. But if Suarez is like your fifth or sixth best pitcher next year, I think you'd be all fine. Uh, Joyce as a Chapman S closer would be great. I mean, I think, again, Joyce plays very well in the back end of that rotate or back end of that bullpen. And I would love to see him back there. Um, swords would be so good out of the pen. Uh, what player would shock you if the angels managed to get via trade? Again, I don't, I don't, no one really would shock me. I think it'd be more if, um, Otani leaves, if they trade Otani, that would shock me, but players coming in, cause I just don't see anyone really, um, really coming in. Um, my bad. Don't know Bachman and Joyce are relievers. Weren't they thinking of moving Bachman into the rotation? This is how the draft works. This is how the draft works when you're in – when you draft, and people get moved around all the time. There are so many guys that get drafted as starters in college because in college or even in high school, you need two pitches at those levels to be good, to, to get on people's radar. You need two pitches. Now in the majors – it comes down to can you develop that third pitch or fourth pitch? Because you need four pitches to get guys out. If you're unable to develop three or four pitches, those two pitches can play very well out of the bullpen. So Bachman started in college. Joyce started, he started one game in college, but I think all the rest were out of the, all his other appearances were out of the bullpen. But usually when you play or when teams draft guys, they don't draft guys that were exclusively out of the pen unless you throw 105 miles an hour. Um, you look at guys like uh, Steven uh, He was a starter pretty much his whole career until he, went to the, until he got called up to the majors. So usually you have to have three to four really good pitches to be a starter in the majors. If you if you can't develop or that third pitch is below average, you, you get stuck in the bullpen. It's just how it works. Uh, Swars got raked by the Vegas Aviators when Duffy was there, the bees after injury. Uh, you know, again, AAA, AAA, especially in that league, a lot of pitchers get raked. I'm not too worried about that. What's a hypothetical Shohei trade? I don't know. Shohei's going to get maybe two or three prospects. Maybe one of them is like a top three prospect in that organization, but I do not think he's going to get a a ton. I do not think he's going to get more than like four players, maybe three, four players. If one of them's really good and the other, other ones are kind of like iffy. So, um, we'll see what happens. But I, I, again, if you were to ask me, does Shohei get traded? I say no. I say he finishes out his contract with the Angels if they don't, don't extend him. But I do think Angels try really, really hard to extend Shohei. And I think that's a good part to end this Instagram Live. Again, thank you guys for jumping on Instagram Live and uh, filling up the questions as we get ready for the second half that kicks off on Friday against Atlanta in Hot Hotlanta. So definitely you're going to want to check that out. And again, if you want to jump on the next Instagram Live, go ahead and follow us at Halo underscore Haven on Instagram. So like I mentioned before, the Angels are getting ready to take on the Atlanta Braves out in Atlanta to start the second half of the season on Friday. As we record this on Wednesday night, the only known starter out of off from both teams it's going to be Shohei Ohtani on the mound, and that is the main reason why he did not pitch in the All-Star game. So if you're wondering why Ohtani never got on the mound, it came out before the game, I believe, um, the day before, that he decided not to pitch to get himself ready for the first start out of the break, which was pretty cool to see. And hopefully if the streak continues, that means the Angels will start off the second half with a W because Shohei Ohtani has been literally the streak breaker every single time he takes the mound because the Angels have been on a losing streak prior to that. So hopefully the second half is a lot better um, than the first. But like I mentioned in the Instagram live, it's going to take them getting, you know, 14 game winning streak, 15 game winning streak to get back into this um, playoff uh, wild card spot. And I'm just not sure if if this team necessarily has it in them with the trade deadline coming up, I do not think they're going to make any land breaking, you know, hold on, let me turn on the uh, emergency podcast kind of trade. There might be some minor trades here and there, but for the most part, um, maybe you see Noah Syndergaard go, but I think that might be the biggest news and the return on him. I do not believe will be very, very much. And we'll have to just kind of wait and see and, and play that out as the trade deadline approaches at the beginning of August. So, We'll be back again on Sunday night to look at the opening series of the second half against the Braves, and hopefully we have some good news to start off the second half of the season. So I am your host, Daniel Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast.
0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers.
1: Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders.
0: VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career.
1: The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories
0: like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
2: I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again.